AI versus pandemic part two. Thank you for listening. The COVID-19 pandemic has exploded all around the world. The country most severely hit has been the United States of America. New York, a metropolis with a population of 8 million. Despite lockdown, the medical system could not keep up with the increasing number of patients and the death toll skyrocketed. state became an infection epicenter in which over 33,000 people have died. When will the pandemic end? And how far will it spread? In this unforeseen situation, one newspaper article caught a great deal of attention. published in one of America's leading newspapers, the New York Times. The article was about the increasing number of daily COVID-19 deaths. It showed a comparison of seven predictions announced by different researchers. The article was written by four New York Times journalists. We spoke to one of them. Sometimes it takes like a very um, special moment, like like the moment that we're in right now, uh, for for new techniques and new technologies to break through. Um, so I think it's I think it's really cool. And um, what we want to do is show everyone the wide range of. Uh, viewpoints, and so we wanted to give that perspective to our readers. The article focused on models presented by six well-known universities, including the University of Washington's IHME, whose model is frequently cited by the White House. The others included Northeastern University and Columbia University. They were all based on mathematical methods widely used to predict infectious diseases. But only one of the models had utilized AI. When compared with the actual number of deaths, it was more accurate than the other six predictions. This model was created by an individual named Yu Yang Gu. Well, he has a very interesting story. Um, he's not affiliated, it's one person and he's not affiliated with a university or research institution. It's essentially as close to like a person on the street who's very interested in modeling, producing a very good model. So
Yang Gu. And what kind of person is he? When we spoke to him, he was in California. My name is Yu Yang Gu. I'm a data scientist. Uh, I want my, my expertise is in uh, using machine learning to uh, make models. And... The person who produced the most accurate model is a young man who just turned 26 this year. Shanghai, China. He studied data science at MIT and graduated in 2015. He later became an independent AI researcher in New York. In March 2020, while he was visiting his parents in California, virus was spreading in New York, forcing him to stay with them. inspired him to create a model for coronavirus infection prediction. I've been following various uh, COVID-19 models since March uh, because I've just uh, always been curious and I noticed that uh, some of the models had deaths uh, going to zero by June. When I was looking at the data, I, there was nothing that I can see that would suggest that that would uh, go to zero. And so I wanted to create my own model based on my uh, background to kind of hopefully make a, a more realistic end. Gu's prediction model is clearly more accurate than the IHME model frequently cited by the White House. His predictions for New York and California were also accurate. Recognized for its precision, his model is now being used by the CDC to help control infection. In early April, Gu also predicted the second wave of infection worldwide that began in July. What is the key to producing such an accurate prediction? As you mentioned, we only use uh, daily deaths in our model. That's the only data source that we use. And the reason we don't look at case data is because uh, case data is largely a function of how many people you test rather than uh, an accurate state of how many people are. Uh, so the more people you test, then the more cases you will get. If you double the number of tests you, you run, you will get an increase in the number of cases, but that does not mean that the uh, virus is necessarily spreading in, in, your, in your region. Gu uses only daily death counts as his data source. Meanwhile, 
IHME uses 10 sources of data, such as number of cases, tests, mask usage, and smoking status. By utilizing AI and machine learning, combined with his own theories, Gu was able to create an accurate prediction model based only on the number of deaths. social media account. Anyone can view his predictions in a number of ways, including graphs and maps. He now predicts infections for 70 countries and regions, including the USA. Having the AI learn data from the countries that have been infected, he is trying to improve the accuracy of predicting which countries are likely to be infected in the future. So, what about the future of Japan? Gu's model predicted a slow increase in deaths over the last three months. says the total number of deaths in Japan will reach 1,835 by November the 1st. Do you think Japan can still take place Tokyo Olympics in next year? Uh, well, I mean, I certainly hope so because I would like to attend. Uh, but I think it's still kind of very early to to say that it's still more than a year away. Uh, I think it really depends on what happens uh, kind of in the next few months. If, right, if all goes well, right, if deaths and infections right, continue to in decrease through the summer and there's no kind of second uh, wave in the fall or winter, then I am definitely... Uh, optimistic of, of the Olympics uh, happening in 2021 and of course I because I think it will definitely be a much needed uh, event uh, for kind of our entire global community to, to have something that brings people together after this uh, this terrible uh, event. Japan is now finding ways to prevent infection using AI. As Japan's state of emergency was declared, people were asked to refrain from going out and to avoid the three C's. 
which held a high risk of infection. Closed spaces, crowded places, and close contact settings. This is an AI startup company in Tokyo. The company is now trying to prevent the three C's using technology to analyze images from surveillance cameras with AI. Today, they are testing. This is a system in which AI measures the distance between people on camera in real time and alerts them if they get too close. If they move away, they use a standard consumer camera. Even with only one camera, by using AI, they can measure the distance between people in three dimensions. ま、それと同じような情報さえ得られれば、実はどれぐらい離れているかっていうのはいくつかの単純な過程を置くと計算できるようになるんですね。我々として大事にしている画像のこの解析の技術を使って、ま、ちょっとした工夫でできるようになり
is now working on a 3D representation of where the city becomes most crowded. This is a view of the area around Shibuya Station on a January day this year derived by Mizuno using AI. In the 3D map with an emphasis on the vertical direction, people are represented by black dots. In tall buildings, you can see how people are distributed floor by floor. Using this, you can find where crowds occur, which cannot be captured on a 2D map. で、これは3.11の地震が起きた時にみんなビルから飛び出したら街がもう人で埋め尽くされましたよね。あれぐらい人間っていうのは3次元方向に住んでいるんですね。Mizuno uses 3 data points to create this 3D map. First, he captures the number of people in a 500-meter square from a cell phone base station. Then, based on GPS information obtained from a mobile app, he determines the detailed location of each person. Next, he enters the number of floors in each building obtained from a map information company. The AI then performs its own analysis and draws a map showing the distribution of people in three dimensions. In the future, as the data accumulates, it will be possible to capture trends in the occurrence of crowds by day and by time. Furthermore, since the three data points are available from any location in Japan, it's possible to draw a three-dimensional map of any area in the country. In Japan, AI has started to provide clues on how to avoid the three C's. Meanwhile, in the rest of the world... May 2020. The novel coronavirus had spread and was gaining strength in developing countries. But in Brazil, economic activity took precedence the government did not order or request citizens to stay at home. Instead, the president repeatedly posted videos on social media of himself taking pictures and shaking hands with people without a mask. If I contaminated by the virus, I would not be worried. Nothing would be
However, the president was infected himself in July. He was criticized at home and abroad. Meanwhile, fears were growing that the number of infected people in Africa could reach up to 44 million. We are very worried about Corona because we don't have water to wash our hands, to wash our body, to wash everything. Are there any measures to prevent infection even in countries with inadequate medical systems? AI is helping to make that breakthrough. The research is being conducted at Carnegie Mellon University in the USA. It's a technology that uses something almost everyone possesses in order to diagnose whether or not an individual is infected. That something is... The voice. How does it work? We spoke with Rita Singh, an associate professor in the Department of Computer Science who leads the development team. Singh has gained attention in the past for her unique projects on AI and the human voice. Listen to this voice sample. Jij begeert van mij te vernemen hoe gij mijn speelderij zou kunnen hanteren? Ha, vooral zeg ik u niemand. Behouden ze mijzelf en kan schilderen als Rembrandt. This is the simulated voice of Rembrandt, the 17th century Dutch painter. He lived about 350 years ago, so, of course, there are no recordings of his voice. However, the team led by Singh used AI to analyze the skeletal and muscular details from Rembrandt's many self-portraits. Based on the results, they succeeded in simulating his voice. His pronunciation and accent were recreated with the help of linguists. Maar zonder wagen niet vergaren. Je ziet mijn lessen en ik onderwijs u de geheimnissen der schilderkunst. The human voice, like our fingerprints, is unique. Singh's specialty is the analysis of voice prints, capturing the differences in the wavelengths of voices. The manner in which we are able to produce voice is very interesting. As we breathe out, air comes out of our lungs and it passes through uh, a, an organ here, which is called the larynx. It's in our, somewhere here in uh, the Adam's apple in, in the case of men. These membranes vibrate in response to the air and the vibrations are very fast. Subtle differences in voice prints occur as air passes through the membrane in the larynx. From this, AI can read a significant amount of information. If it affects the physi your physiology and if there is a connection between that effect and your vocal production mechanism or your breathing mechanism, 
then that causes a change in the way these vocal folds vibrate, right? And those changes tell us a lot about what is going on with your body. So it is those changes that we try to extract or discover using AI mechanisms. They are very, very, very fine, but they are there. According to Singh's latest research, by analyzing a person's voice on the phone, one can capture their social background, such as education level and class, as well as their height, weight, and even facial features. Furthermore, by analyzing the pronunciation of the sound, uh, it is possible to predict the likelihood of Parkinson's or Alzheimer's disease. Singh is now working to diagnose COVID-19 using voice print analysis. Her focus is the sound of coughing. <coughs> According to her analysis, there are certain characteristics in the coughs of infected people. This is a dry cough in a healthy person who has not been infected with COVID-19. On the other hand, this is a cough from a person infected with COVID-19. AI finds that infected people have a particular membrane vibration. The expectation was that COVID-19 causes a change in your breathing patterns. We actually put up the system in late March. And at that time, what we had actually done was used a lot of our knowledge about other diseases, repurposed the technology for discovering signatures of certain uh, diseases in voice. However, in order to make an error-free diagnosis, a large number of cough sound samples are needed for the AI to learn. Samples from thousands of people, infected and uninfected, are needed. <coughs> Still, Singh hopes to make this technology practical and create a smartphone app. That way, even in countries with weak healthcare systems, you could easily determine whether a person is infected or not. I was in Rwanda and Rwanda in Africa has I learned while I was there that they have one doctor for every 400,000 people but everyone has a cell phone because the cell phone companies are expanding faster than the medical system in all countries right so if if they could if people who don't have access to doctors periodically keep calling a machine just to check if everything is okay. If something is going wrong with them, maybe the machine can warn them and they can go find a doctor. It might save their lives, right? So, so I think voice, if used judiciously, can make a huge difference in the health monitoring for everyone in the world.
pandemic that has spread across the world remains in force. The number of cases per day continues to rise, exceeding 320,000. The pandemic is accelerating. The world is in a new and dangerous phase. According to statistics from Johns Hopkins University in the United States, the total number of cases has exceeded 30 million. And in Japan, the threat of infection continues to be a great concern. How can we survive in the age of coronavirus, when economic activities and infection prevention measures are required at the same time? Research using AI is underway to try to find out. Hashi Setsuya is a professor at the University of Tsukuba and a member of the Japanese Society for Artificial Intelligence. After years of studying human behavioral patterns, Kurahashi is looking for concrete ways to prevent infection while reopening economic activities. He is now working on strategies to revitalize tourist areas that have been hit hard economically. Kurahashi used a tourist area in Nagano as a model for his analysis of infection prevention measures. First, he determined the behavioral patterns of the residents based on population and family structure. He simulated what kind of contact would occur if tourists were accepted. He then combined it with a variety of infection prevention measures. For example, reducing tourists to zero. Limiting access to shopping centers to residents. Closing night spots. Thoroughly testing employees of tourist facilities. The AI came up with a surprising result. If tourists were welcomed and no action was taken, the risk would obviously increase. Meanwhile, if no tourists were accepted, the risk of infection would decrease to one-third. So 
Surprisingly, however, if tourists were welcomed while limiting access to shopping centers, closing night spots, and thoroughly testing employees, the risk of infection would become even lower. Kurahashi intends to expand the scope of analysis using AI to include a variety of economic activities and continue to explore ways to prevent infection at the same time. A project using Japan's world-class cutting-edge technology has also begun. This is the world's most powerful supercomputer, Fugaku. In order to use it to fight against the coronavirus, its operation was pushed forward by one year. At its heart are features built to accelerate the capabilities of AI, including a function called deep learning. Fugaku is being used for a project to study the spread of droplets that occur in various aspects of daily life, such as coughing and conversation. From this, we can identify the risk of infection and use it to develop preventive measures. The analysis team is led by Tsubokura Makoto a professor at Kobe University and a member of Riken. Tsubokura and his colleagues created simulations of five situations of daily life. They are exploring measures to prevent droplet infection in trains, offices, classrooms, restaurants, and hospital rooms. This analysis utilizes Tsubakura's research over many years. Tsubokura, who specializes in fluid dynamics, has been using AI to study the aerodynamic drag of cars. The fuel spray generated when an engine is started is similar to the movement of droplets. 
that fact was incorporated into the analysis. In May 2020, an online meeting was held to check the progress of the analysis. After using Fugaku, the world's number one supercomputer, to analyze the results, the movement of droplets in various situations began to become clearer. The train simulation was performed with both open and closed windows. Even with a full load of passengers, opening the windows can be effective for ventilation. On the other hand, it was found that ventilation was difficult to achieve in some areas in the forward direction of movement. In restaurants, Droplets from a one-minute conversation across a two-meter table were analyzed. It showed that droplets could reach a person sitting across the table. But it has also found that a person sitting next to someone receives few or no droplets, which may reduce risk. situations was difficult to analyze the classroom for trains and hospital rooms that have standardized specifications it was easy to set up conditions for analysis such as the number of people, based on actual situations. But classrooms vary between schools in terms of size, number of seats, and other basic conditions. It was difficult to set up a simulation that would be widely applicable. One member of the team was especially passionate about analyzing classrooms. Nishiguchi Koji from Riken. Nishiguchi suggested putting partitions on the desks which has been introduced in South Korea and other countries. 
he was curious about how much it would reduce the spread of droplets. For Nishiguchi, who has a son in the first grade, reducing the risk of infection at school is a critical issue. Once a week, he visited his son's school to hear directly from a teacher about the infection preventive measures. Nishiguchi wanted to see the effect of partitions. Today, he's entering the data to be sent to Fugaku. He enters the data of the classroom with partitions added. This is the actual input screen. The command is sent to Fugaku. The results come in very quickly. This is the three-dimensional data of the classroom drawn by Fugaku. If you look closely, you can see Nishiguchi's specially designed partition mounted on the desk. It features a small flap at the top. The flap idea came to him by chance when he was talking to his family. Nishiguchi wondered if it would reduce the spread of the droplets if children coughed or talked at the desk. この the Fugaku team posted the results of their analysis online. 
the spread of droplets in everyday situations. First, at the office. This assumes that the air conditioning is on and the windows are open. The air inside is being pushed outside by the wind blowing out of the air conditioner and ventilation is occurring. By opening the windows while using the air conditioner, they found it may reduce the risk of infection from droplets. This is a hospital room. It's assumed that the air conditioner is turned off and the windows are closed. When the patients cough, droplets stick to the ceiling. The droplets were also found to pass through the gaps in the curtains, spread throughout the room and remain. This demonstrates the importance of using the air conditioner and opening the windows to circulate air. A new analysis for restaurants took into account the difference in humidity between summer and winter. On the left it's 30% and on the right it's 90%. When you cough, the droplets spread the same way to the person sitting across from you. However, there was a difference in the amount of droplets left on the table. It was clear that the risk of infection at the table was likely to be higher in summer. Finally, the classroom. Tsubokura and Nishiguchi have been carefully simulating the situation, hoping that it will lead to suggestions that can actually be used in schools. This is the latest image. Without the top flap, when children cough, droplets spread forward across the partition. With the flap, however, the spread of droplets is reduced to a minimum. The analysis team is exploring the optimal height of the partitions and the effectiveness of the top flap to reduce cough droplets. キス Clues for avoiding the risk of infection derive from the world's most powerful supercomputer. 
challenge of searching for clues on how to survive in the age of coronavirus are just beginning. Using AI to face the invisible enemy, the novel coronavirus. The latest technology has shown humanity a range of insights and possibilities in the face of a pandemic. How do we make the most of it? and carry it into the future. It's up to all of us to decide.